We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mailbag time, Mr. Robert. So we're going we're gonna dive right into these, man. Let's get let's get rocking and rolling, buddy. Let's do it. It's from Coleman Smith. He says, So Brian Driscoll, I read the comments, uh com- the commits big board article, excuse me. I'm just wondering why you didn't grade Aeneas with a higher upside grade. Well, I mean, so a four-star upside grade, because you had made a comment later uh, here, Ryan. I want to kind of get his follow-up. He, Kami says, if I, you know, I get 4.0 is still a top 150 prospect under scale. Also, I get the speed argument, but he's only going to get stronger in a college strength program. Uh, first of all, a four-star upside grade could also be that of a top 100 guy. So yeah. it's four-star, five-star, which is like top 25, four-and-a-half stars, like that top 50-ish, which means you could be like number 60. It's 50 to 60. And then after that, it's four star. And then that gets down to about 220, 250. And then if you're outside of the 250 range, then you're a three and a half star. And and so that's pretty much how that works. But I think Aeneas could be a top 100 back. I it just, I don't see a guy that if he maxes out is a top 50 overall player. I don't see a guy that, that and I don't actually, his speed doesn't bother me. I don't have any issue with, with Aeneas' speed. Speed's I'm not solid. someone who, yeah. yeah, I don't, I'm not someone who has really a, I argue with my buddy Tony all the time. You know, if whenever he tells me he doesn't like a player, like he's not high on Michael Gilbert, I know exactly why. He obsesses over speed, right? I'm yeah. like, if you if you don't think Micah Gilbert's, because I told him I had Gilbert's top 150 player, he was shocked. He's like, I don't. I'm like, dude, the only thing he lacks is big time speed. That's the only reason you don't like. You don't think he's a top 150 caliber player. And running back, I just, I mean, you can't be like a four nine. Right. But I, I mean, I would Ky- imagine Ky- Tyron are- Williams is one of the best running backs in the world had in a couple of years. And he was a four, six, five at the combine. Right. Like he exactly. wasn't at all. I mean, yeah. So I, I mean, I think Aeneas is faster than Kyron was coming out of high school, to be honest. Yeah, he's, with he's run, he's run electric four, five, something. At, yeah. At some like combines I, yeah. And camps and stuff. So, so yeah. I'm good. I'm good with him. It, it's just more of a, if he maxes out, it's just more of the size is really the thing for me. Uh, it, it, is he a guy that's going to be a 20 carry per game guy? I don't see that. So like the reason I gave Chris Tyree such a high upside is because I felt like Chris Tyree is a guy that was never going to be a 20 touch guy. 
but he could do more with 10 carry, do as much with 10 carries as most backs can do at 15 or 20 if you're using him correctly, right? That's that's how I view his projection coming out of high school. Now, he hasn't been that guy since his freshman year, but we'll see if he can be it this way. But coming out of high school, that's where I had him. Aeneas, to me, doesn't have that type of home run ability that Tyree had, but he also doesn't necessarily show me as a guy that I also view as a 20 touch guy either or you know 18 touch he's more of a nice complimentary if he's your starter you're good uh he's a good back he's a kyron williams type like kyron williams isn't a guy that i view as a four and a half star upside guy right even what he did in her name like ryan he was a good back but he was not an elite back by any stretch or i mean and even when you just look at what he did at notre dame i'm not even using the nfl argument because i think the nfl argument is 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 a bad argument to make because you can be an elite college player and not be considered a high NFL prospect. Would you agree yeah. with that? I mean, we see that all the time. Guys were great college players. Don't get picked very high because the NFL values different things. So I'm not even talking about the fact that Kyron was a fifth-round pick because I actually think him being a fifth-round pick was, was pretty good. I'm talking from the standpoint of this is a guy that averaged 4.9 and 5.3 yards per carry, and he averaged 5.3 yards per carry behind a really good offensive line in 2020. He was a good back. He wasn't an elite back. He was a top 100-ish caliber player. The way he played in high school, that's what you expect of a top 100 guy. A top one, a top 50 guy, and you can you can uh, respond to this, Ryan, if you disagree, but a guy that's going to have a four-and-a-half-star upside is a guy that's going to look a lot more like Josh Adams than he is Kyron Williams, meaning just like, wow, that's a big-time player. Or or better, uh, some better examples would be like uh, – uh, Jameer Gibbs was, I would say, at Georgia Tech was similar to that, but uh, he, he was probably closer to five star. I mean, um, Muhammad Ibrahim, four and a half star, right? Like really impact player. Uh, Blake Corum would would be a guy that played like a four and a half star guy at, at the next level. That's more of what I expect to be from a four and a half star guy, and I just don't see that in, in Aeneas. But that doesn't mean I don't think he's a top hundred caliber player. I think he is. Right. It's just. Um, and I'm also trying to be really mindful of just not giving everybody because I've really felt like last year, boy, man, there's a lot of four and a half and five star guys just trying to maybe be a, a tad pickier a little bit with some of that as I move because I'm always trying to evolve and, and say, can we make the system better? Can we be can we be more objective with these things? And I'm just trying to be a little bit pickier. So I actually jumped two guys. I dropped down. I dropped their upside grade down. I dropped his upside grade down. And I believe I dropped uh, Peter Jones's upside grade down, Ryan. I believe I'm going to have to go look at that one again. But I believe I also dropped Peter Jones's upside grade down. Yeah, I did to a four and a half to a four star. Because again, I see him being a top hundred caliber guy when it's all said and done. Not a not Aaron Banks. I see him being more um, just a good solid player. Where Aaron Banks was played his last year, I mean, he played like a dude. That's why right. second round pick, yeah. <laughs> right. And also an all American and all that. I, I see yeah. him being more I see Peter Jones being more of a Robert Hainsey-ish type of player, just a good, steady player, as opposed to a Liam Eichenberg, all American, top 50 player. Does that make sense? Yeah. So still good, good players. I mean, if you're a top 150 player, you're pretty darn good. It's just trying to also be a little bit stingier. In past years, I would have given him a four-and-a-half star, which is why his original upside grade, Coleman, was a four-and-a-half star. Same with Peter Jones. I'm just 
trying to be a little bit more uh, a little bit more picky. I didn't also give I didn't bring Peter uh, Jack Larson's down to Ford Star. I left his a four and a half, Ryan, because I really feel like I feel like number one, Jack's going to get a little faster at the next level. But I think people are very much underestimating his route running and how good his hands are. I, I think Jack Larson in college could be a really, really good tight end if in the right situation. And so I just think his upside is a little bit more impactful at the college level than I do for those other guys. So that answers Makes that. Sense. Thoughts on all that, Ryan? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. No, I mean, it makes sense. I, I think the the thing, the troubling thing about Aeneas, because I really like Aeneas as a player, but he does play against not the best competition in the world. We've talked about that before, right? So there is like that level of man amongst boys, and you really have to, I think, decipher the physical traits, right? And I think that he has good all-around traits, but does Aeneas have one part of his game that you say is elite? I think that that's where you... I don't want to say fall short, but that's where you had kind of have some questions about him. You know, like he catches the ball well. He's got good contact balance. He's got good solid speed for his, you know, his size profile. But is there anything about him that is special from just a physical trait? I, I think that that's the question mark you have. And again, this is one of those situations where, because I mean, Jack Kaiser was a guy, right, Brian, that played against not great competition, and his numbers were just like, holy smokes, man! Right. Like that guy's going to play be an All American. It's just like, no, no he's just going to be a good player in, yeah in good college, player yeah right? like he's not a, he's not a star he's, he's a good football player though 
And I'm not comparing the same situation because I, I, I think that Aeneas could be maybe more impactful than that. But I do think that there are some concerns about guys playing against not great competition at times because you can just hide the fact that he's just so much better than the guys he's playing against. You've you got to be careful with looking at numbers as an end-all, be-all. Like when Audric yeah. Estime runs for the numbers he ran for as a senior, that said something to me because when you look at who he's running against – and yeah. who he's playing against. I mean, his. I'm actually going to pull him up because his his senior year numbers were just ridiculous, Ryan. And when you look at who he did it against, it was like, okay, this is a little nutty. And he had uh, his numbers. He had uh, 1,857 yards that year. This is in 2020, so COVID year. So only played nine games. He averaged 9.8 yards per carry, and he had uh, 22 touchdowns. But then you look at like who he's playing against. He's playing against Bergen Catholic. Yeah. Right. He rushed for 176 yards on 18 carries against Bergen Catholic, a bunch of D1 guys. He runs for uh, 286 yards on 26 carries against Seton Hall Prep, you know, home of Jaden McLean. They said they have D1 guys every year. He goes out and runs for 204 against St. Peter's Prep. Again, another school like Jason or Jason and Justin Adamiola's senior year, their entire starting defensive line went on to play Division one football. Right. And he ran for 204 against them. The Hun School, you know, where yep. currently uh, Owen Wafel plays, he had 160 yards on 17 carries. Right. Uh, Paramus Catholic, who, where Rashawn Gary played, he had 201 yards on 14 carries. Don Bosco Prep, 309 yards on set 27 carries. Uh, Cherokee, he runs for uh, 303 yards on 27 carries. And then this last college game, against a Paul Catholic, Ryan, another really good Jersey school. Uh, he goes out there and runs for 218 yards on 36 carries. That was his least effective game of the year on a per-carry basis, and he was at 6.1 yards per carry. He also <laughs> caught 14 passes for under 85. I mean, so he's doing that against dudes, Yes, right? I mean, dudes. So those numbers matter to me. Amir Carlisle put up stupid numbers against awful football players. And so you had to take the numbers into consideration, but you could still tell that Amir was a very athletic player, very talented player, but you could see he's probably not a running back. And so when he came to Notre Dame, I thought Amir was a much more effective player because he was a more natural position where his skill set fit. But if you watched Amir as a senior in high school, like this guy's a running back because he's just running dudes over and doing all that. And, uh, you know, it was impressive to see. And but the thing for me with Aeneas Ryan is like Jack Kaiser is a great example. I gave Jack a four and a half star upside grade. If I graded Jack the way that I do now, a little picky, I would not have. Right. So it's just about always trying to alter the system to just be a little for a guy to be a five star, he's got to really be a big time. For a guy to have a four and a half star upside grade, he has to have a chance to be a really difference maker type of player. Right. Like Adi Takumba Ogandiji at his peak at Notre Dame was a four-star top 100 to 50 to 100 caliber guy, in my opinion, his senior year. Khalid Kareem, more four and a half star. He was more of a difference maker to me. Dalen Hayes, four-star. Julian Aguara, four-star, because there was not the consistency. Isaiah Foskey, five-star last year in 2021, four and a half star this year, even with all the issues. was still a really good football player. So I'm trying to be a little bit more picky with some of those as well. And so you may look at Aeneas and say, well, he had a four star, but you gave this other guy a four and a half star fair, but that was on a different evaluation process. I'm always trying to update it and, and be more, 
you know, be more, um, is this really the best way we're doing it? Is it really giving us the most, is it really giving people the most uh, balanced or where they really understand what a guy can be as opposed to just giving every kid that signs in their name a four and a half star upside grade? You know, so I'm just trying to be more object, not objective, because I always feel like I've been objective, but just being a little bit more picky with some of those higher grades is really where I'm coming from. So when I give Isaiah Canyon a five-star upside grade, keep in mind that's me doing it with a more picky evaluation in mind, right? And I don't want to go back and change grades for guys because I feel like that's going to seem like I'm retroactively changing because the guy didn't pan out. So that's why I leave the grades where they are. But some of the guys I had ranked higher, I would not have ranked them as where I where I have it as I've evolved the grading system. Because the other thing too, Ryan, is the upside grade is gut. The current grade is literally based off a point system, right? So there's a little bit of both of that. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. So just under keep that in mind that a, the knee is having a four-star upside grade is because I view him as a guy that could be a top 100 football player when it's all said and done. And he's pretty close now. I think I have him as what, top 200 now? And that's just because I just want to see him develop as a senior and the size is still a little bit of a question for me as far as can he be an every down guy. There's still some of those questions, but make no mistake. I think Aeneas Williams is a really good football player, really good football player. And and being a force or upside grade is no insult at all, no. uh, at all. All right, here we go. From Rob Osgood, who says offensive line recruiting, do you think the new coach, some recruits are wanting to see how things play out during the season? With Harry Heastan, they knew what they were getting. Just a thought. Somewhat, Rob. I I mean, look, this is where I am with this kind of conversation, right? Because people knew that Notre Dame had a big-time reputation as developing offensive linemen, right? They knew that. But they still know that. I think the thing with Harry Heastan was – that Harry, I think, could really sell it, right? And was a good evaluator of talents. And when Harry Heaston got in a room with you, I really think that that sold it not only to the players, but to the parents as well, because then he could kind of talk about his past and his, you know, the reputation he built. Because we talked about this last year, Brian. I remember when I was talking to like Sanson Okanlola, and Sanson Okanlola didn't really know anything about Harry Heaston. He was just like, you know, I I, I know he's a good coach, but like I didn't know like the, you know, I don't know the reputation quite as well, obviously. So I don't really think it's the reputation as much from these guys. I do think that it's more about there's a little bit of a transitional period that's happened here, right? Where it's like Joe Rudolph comes in. He has to help build the board in his own image and guys that he likes. And I think that there are some evaluations that we might not agree with, but we also have to give this a little bit of time, right? Like we forget that this is like still like kind of new in the process. And at the end of it, if Joe Rudolph is able to still get Gerby Lambert and get one of Styles Prescott or Grant Bricks or somebody else that we consider a good football player, then you feel pretty good about offensive line recruiting going forward. I just think that there was a little bit of, I've been building a relationship with coach. He stands. I've been talking to him for months. And then now there's a new coach that comes in. And that's kind of where the, I, I think that there's just a little bit of a, 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 a marinating period to a degree, right? Like a relationship building period, because I think that really matters for offensive linemen, man. It's not the glitz and the glam. It's the trust and the people that are around you every single day and the people that are developing you. So I just think this is a process that needs to, that needs to take place a little bit. I have not hit like the, 
I haven't hit the, the, the bell that's like, oh my God, I am panicking, right? But like, there's just, you're watching because you're interested and there's just been a couple of valuations that maybe you don't agree with, but I still think things are going to end up being fine. There's just a transition period that's happened right now. Right. There's a difference between being concerned and the panic, like a lot, the, the fire alarm has been pulled, right? We're not there yet. It's just, uh, we'll see. We'll see. And we're trying to give them the time to, because to me, we could sit here and crush them right now. Oh, it was a terrible evaluation of Caleb Brewer and this, that, and the other, and they're not getting this guy, not getting that guy. It's May 3rd, right? Well, how about we wait until we get a little closer to signing day before, you know, because like you said, right, it could all, if they get Scarby Lambert and either Styles Prescott or Grant Bricks or something like that, good. I can disagree with him about the Caleb Brewer pickup, but it's not like I think Anthony Knapp is a bum, you know, and we'll see if he ends up being right or not. There's not the same track record there. Uh, in my opinion, that, that Harry Heastan had, but we'll see how he does at Notre Dame. So I think that's a very fair take. And, you know, I just, like you said, uh, concerned, but not ready to hit the panic button at this point yep. in time. Not panicked uh, yet. Yes. Yeah. I got, I'm going to read this one, Ryan. This is from Insured by Big, our uh, our LSU fan in the chat. He says, complete. We haven't seen Frank McCatry recently. Have you noticed that? I haven't seen Frank in the I chat. So, yeah. I uh, hope, hope the Frank's back. But, uh, uh, is okay. So insured by big, our other LSU fan, which, which we appreciate you being says completely off topic. Sorry, but Brian, I'm happy to announce that Brian Poling is officially no longer on LSU staff. Kelly was finally able to pull the trigger. Uh, ha ha. By the way, Notre Dame is recruiting is on fire. He's definitely on fire. There's no data about that. No doubt about that. Obviously, if you don't know what he's referring to. So Brian Poling was reassigned uh, to an off the field coaching job, a little modern, uh, in Ohio, so he is officially gone from LSU, and LSU is going to be better for it from a coaching standpoint. Um, everyone knows I'm not the biggest Brian Pulling fan in the world, and what this move guarantees is uh, there's no chance I'll ever be employed by John Carroll <laughs> if I ever decided to want to get back into coaching. I'm pretty sure that will never happen. But, uh, yeah, LSU is going to be going to be better off for it. I don't know who they hired, but it can't be a downgrade. Just, but but I, I heard from LSU media last year that Brian Polian was a really good special teams I coach. I don't know what you're right. talking about, man. Yeah, that was one of the funniest takes of that whole exchange. I'm like, okay, now I know you're not serious. Now I know you're just some homer, <laughs> some homer saying whatever Brian Kelly tells you to say. Like you're well, not. Look at his resume, man. He was a head coach at yeah. one point. Sure. <laughs> An unsuccessful one, by the way, I might add. All right, let's let's uh, let's get to some more here, Ryan. I'm going to read this. I want you to answer first. This is from Bailey Brad. He says, uh, do you have a Notre Dame football hot take? If you do, what is it? So can we define what a hot take is, first of all, just to make sure we're on the yeah. same page of what a hot so, take is? Something right? that people don't ag- mostly don't agree with. So something that's a little controversial is how I would phrase a hot take. I don't know if I have one, though, that like just came to mind. I mean, okay, I mean, a Notre Dame hot take for people outside of Notre Dame lands, right? The yes. other media and, yes. and fans would be that, I think Notre Dame is a sleeping giant if they win one national championship and they could ex- they could easily go from one championship to being one of the premier colleges in college football as far as perennial contender every single year because I think that will unlock the recruiting aspect of everything. I think it will make Notre Dame appeal even higher because the brand is already strong as far as the legacy and the tradition that it brings. And I really think they're one big season away from being on the on the course of a Alabama, Georgia, like that type of brand. Like I really think that they could extend to that type of heights if they have just one championship level season. I really do. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It's a great hot take, and I agree with it, Ryan. I want to add something. Yep. I think what a lot of people that are saying that Notre Dame can't compete in the NIL, NIL era are incredibly misguided for two reasons. Number one, the wrong assumption that every big-time kid wants an immediate payout or he's not going. There are plenty of those. But as we yep. saw last year, there's a lot of really talented players, including one kid that we know turned down a seven-figure offer to sign with Notre Dame. Several other ki- kids that hi- that turned down significant six di- six figure offers to come to Notre Dame, and we're talking about guys that you and I graded as top hundred players, right? Yep. There, there's a there's a wrong assumption that all these kids are just looking for this right now. I think it's very misguided. Yep, that doesn't mean that kids won't take it, but like that doesn't necessarily mean that they're only going to a school because of that. Now, like Jaden Rashada was clearly just going to go to whoever gave him the biggest number. I mean that that. There are kids like that, yep. but there's also CJ cars who aren't honestly yep. NIL was very important for Dante's father, but then there's other guys where it's not as big of a deal. Austin Novosad didn't go to Oregon. I don't think because he got a big payout. I at least thought that no, if Chris Vizina didn't go to Clemson because he got a big payout, Arch Manning didn't go to Texas because he got a big payout. There's plenty of kids that go because they want to be developed because there's a lot of big time players that understand. Yeah. This NIL stuff is, is good, but if I don't go somewhere that's going to develop me, then this is all it's ever going to be. Most of these kids, and this is the thing about Keon Keeley that I don't think people are giving Keon enough credit for. Keon's thing is, yeah, get some NIL money, but I want to get the real big money, which comes from being a top 10 NFL draft pick. Who would you rather be, Will Anderson or Isaiah Foskey right now? Right? I mean, we're talking, that's probably tens of millions of dollars difference between pick number oh, three and easy. pick number 40, right? Easy, yeah, easy. And, and so... Uh, that's where it comes from because Keon understands I'm thinking big picture here and everybody think the only way you can think big picture is to look at Notre Dame and the degree that's part of it. But if you're a big time player, there's more to it. So I think that's misguided because if Notre Dame could had a track record of championships and producing first round picks at his position, I think Keon Keeley right now is a guy that you and I are talking about how important he's going to be for Notre Dame's defense this year, flat out. And I don't care yep. what anybody offered him NIL because Keon there's a really sharp kid that understand this thinking way beyond just this immediate. Here's a basket, a buck, you know, a bag of cash. There's a lot McDon- of kids like McDonald's that. bag of cash. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Where I think they're so misguided, Ryan, is because I think what you just said could not be true before NIL. They would have been a team that were just like they were in the eighties. You win a title, but you're, you just, you don't win a bunch of them. 
here's where people are missing the boat. Notre Dame is an attractive place. They have plenty of players making really good money. Yeah. That's coming off of a nine and four season. They not a team that's been a national title, a real national title contender. Let Notre Dame win a title. Let Notre Dame go to the championship game and play well. And all of a sudden, more and more money starts pouring into Notre Dame and more and more of their kids are desirable for big those big deals that you get in college. Because that's where the real money is, is the deals you get throughout your four years at a place, then also get in the NFL. And to your point, Ryan, Notre Dame can now compete with these schools where they can actually give money, where before you're getting $100,000, $200,000 from Alabama under the table, and you're getting nothing from Notre Dame. Right Now, we can't offer you a guaranteed upfront money, but what I can tell you is Michael Mayer did this, Kyle Hamilton did this, Isaiah Foskey had his own freaking clothing line you know, that, that did that made him this. And that's kind of what you can point to. So that actually gets Notre Dame in the game. You and I know of kids who said, hey, I'm not going to get as much upfront money, but Notre Dame's doing this, this, and this. Now, Notre Dame's not anywhere close to where they need to be, NIL-wise. Not even close, but it's still having an impact. And if Notre Dame is going to be serious, they need to start doing more. But even yeah. if they don't do more, if Notre Dame goes out this year and wins a title, to your point, money's going to pour into this program and there's not a dang thing that the Notre Dame administration can do about it, even if they wanted to stop it because it's legal. Schools wanted to do advertising with imagine if Tobias Merriweather goes out there that he's already got NIL deals, guys, he's already got multiple NIL deals and he's caught one freaking pass in his career and he's got NIL deals. Imagine if Tobias is the best receiver on a team that wins a championship. I mean, seriously, you don't think he's going to be a millionaire by the end of next year? Of course he is at Notre Dame. That puts Notre Dame in a different universe now, Ryan, where a lot of these kids like the Elijah Rushings, uh, like the Ryan Wingos, who we can have a different conversation about Ryan Wingo, but who who understands, like, I want to go somewhere. Yeah, NIL is important, but I want to go somewhere going to get developed. Once Notre Dame kicks that door down, if they are able to kick that door down, which to me is a lot like what Clemson did, just get to the title game and be competitive. And that's going to get you some guys you weren't getting before. Yeah. So to me, the the money, but in 88, there was no money coming into those players. Right? There just wasn't. They were recruiting because it's still freaking Notre Dame. It's still freaking Notre Dame now. If they want a Tyler being competitive, it's still Notre Dame. Now the stuff that sells, sells even more because now Alabama has nothing on Notre Dame to be able to say, well, yeah, but we won six. But yeah, man, you haven't won one since 2020 and Notre Dame just won one, right? Because yep. what's going to happen? You're going to see guys get overdrafted like it happens at Georgia and Alabama all the time, right? That's going to happen to Notre Dame if that kicks into the place. There's a lot of LSU kids off that 2019 team that got overdrafted too, right? Now there was the stars. I mean, Jamar Chase has been legit, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow. But Clyde Edwards-Alaire hasn't played like a first-round running back. Lloyd Cushenberry's been a little bit disappointing as a third-round pick, right? You know what I mean? Like, there's some guys that got drafted a little bit higher than they probably should have because they were part of an an elite team. So you'll see some guys get overdrafted. Not all. Some guys are – Joe Joe will be deserved to be a top-five pick at that point in time. So when I look at this, Ryan, I think your hot take is spot on because they're in a – NIL is going to end up being a reason for that if Notre Dame kicks that door down. And that's where people are missing the boat. This assumption that, well, every kid just wants upfront money. Some do. Yeah. Yeah, some do. Sure. But a lot don't. 
if the, if you can prove to them that you turned down this 1.5 million to take 200,000 now but look at our track record of doing this down here right and there's going to be big time players going to be all about that all about that and they're going to understand and that's why to your point Ryan I do think if Notre Dame's able to kick that door down they become a juggernaut because now you have nothing to, to you have nothing to to recruit against them nothing yeah nothing and and that would make them scary whereas some of the things would still exist if NIL wasn't a thing some of those things would still exist hey man you're going to go there and go to school and it's going to cost you this and all that for 4 years where I'm going to give you $200,000 right now right Notre Dame can do nothing now Notre Dame can give you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Notre Dame kids are going to Notre Dame right now, from what I'm understanding, are going to make a hundred thousand dollars in their careers if they never play a snap. Just from the collective. Over the course of four years, we'll make a hundred thousand dollars off the collective just by not doing a dang thing except showing up some community service events. That's it. Now, is that enough? Probably not. It needs to get better. But think about that. But the guys that are playing are doing something. So I'm with you. My hot take was going to be similar, Ryan. It was going to be more specific to this year. I think Notre Dame has one of the five best rosters in college football in 2023. That's my hot take. And I'll keep it simple because I just had all that. But, yeah, that's my hot take. I And I know people will disagree with that, but I think they have one of the five best rosters. If you look top to bottom, I think they're one of the five best rosters. And uh, – We'll see if we'll see if that's accurate or not, but that's that's my hot take. And it's it's not a hot take just to create I believe it, right? But I also know that it's not a lot of Notre Dame fans don't believe that, in my opinion. There's a lot of Notre Dame fans that don't believe that Notre Dame has a top five roster. A lot, including a lot in our chat. And that's fine. I'm I'm, I'm not criticizing those people, but I, I disagree. I'm gonna read this next couple, Ryan, or this next one because okay. it's uh more for you. Oh shoot. I just uh, unstarred it, so I'll go back to it. It was basically the uh, status. I, I, I can't remember who asked it, but the status was, uh, what's the latest with Sammy Brown, linebacker from Georgia? I mean, we talked about this a ton. I, so so Notre Dame got off to a good start with Sammy, and they actually got him on campus last summer, which was great, You know, following, obviously, his big time uh, going into his junior year, which he had a big time junior year. I mean, he was, he's, he's one of the more impressive athletes in the 2024 class overall, not just a linebacker, just in general. I mean, that kid's like a 10, 600 meter runner. That's <laughs> a linebacker. Like he's just a fantastic player out of Jefferson high school in Georgia. But I mean, the, the point blank is it on this one. And I know people are going to say something because I just said point blank. And apparently I say that all the time. So ha ha funny, funny. Uh, but Sammy Brown, <laughs> it's just a, he, he was always going to be hard. He was always going to get hard to get out of the South, man. Like, ultimately, I think it's going to be Georgia or it's going to be Clemson. Like, those are the two teams that seem to kind of have risen to the top for a guy like Sammy. Notre Dame did a really good job early on, a, a commendable job early on, because I don't think that that's a guy that you're going to traditionally attract, obviously, at this point. But Notre Dame did a good, tremendous job early on with Sammy. It was just Sammy Brown was always going to get tough to get out of the South, man. Like they're mm-hmm. just point, you know, I must have point blank again. It's just the, it's just the end all be all the be all end all. I know everyone loves <laughs> some of the lingo here. Right. Uh, but I, I just, I just think he was always going to be a tough pull and he's going to end up somewhere in the South. Agree. Let's get to the next one, Ryan. Sorry for not giving credit to whoever asked that question. Instead of popping it uh, in here, I accidentally hit the star, which takes it out of the star to Eric Carrier area. And I didn't know where it was. All right, let's uh, go here. John A. One asks, Ryan, I'll, I'll, I'll leave this up to you. Is Carter Nelson a t- is is Carter Nelson now a take? No matter when he makes a decision, 
I, 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 we've talked about the tight end situation, John. I think that Notre Dame is okay with staying at one, but like that could always change depending on how numbers shake out or how this class shakes out. So I don't, wouldn't say he's necessarily a take no matter what, because there is a situation where they might just take one tight end. Right. So in that situation, he would not be a take no matter what I can answer it from my perspective is that Carter Nelson, I think is a very unique player and a unique situation because I actually think that Cardinosa could play defense if you needed him to like I think that that kid could play Rover I think he could play Will I think he might even grow into a Viper down the line so would he be a take for me yes he'd be a take 100% for me I would make him I would get him in this class some way somehow whether it's as a tight end or whether it's an as an athlete that could potentially play defense could be a tight end I would try to make the fit happen What Notre Dame, I think that that's a wrestling conversation that's going to happen because tight end is a spot that Notre Dame might be okay with just taking one because of how numbers are going to fall out. So I think it's just, it's just, I would try to make it work, but I just don't know if Notre Dame is going to be able to. So that's kind of where we are. Agree. Not sure if they will, but uh, I'd have a hard time saying no to him, even much more so than Jaden Riddell in my opinion, to be honest with you. I said before, Jaden Riddell is the better player right now. Carter Nelson has the higher ceiling. And if it comes yep. down to it, I'm almost always going to bet on the higher ceiling. And, and, and Carter might be able to play a couple different spots, potentially, which is just yeah. – he's just a unique athlete, man. He's just very unique. Yep. Real quick from John Klamek, uh, any any updates on Micah Bell? I'm excited to see him on the field. I mean, he's just putting up great numbers in track again. He's ran a couple 10-4s yep. already. Uh, the way track goes, if I I know this for sprinting, I don't know this about throws, Ryan, but for sprinting, you usually build up your your numbers as you go through the year, and your best yeah. times are usually later in the year or if you're on a fast. I mean, because not every track is the same. Some tracks are faster than others, uh, but his times have been progressively getting better and better. He's, I think he's just coming off of, fresh off of a ten one a ten four one recently an event, uh, so he's going well. He's healthy and uh, he'll be ready yeah. to go. I, will he be that, a guy that can help out as a freshman? I don't know. I don't know, but that, that, uh, that, that usually is a typical thing in track and field right. in general is that you, I mean, they call it championship season when you get to right. state, well, you get to the regionals and then states and then meet of champions is what we had in Jersey. As far as like the elite of the elite, you want to peak at the right times. Like you don't want to throw right. your 180 foot discus throw in the first couple of weeks of the season and then barely peak the one fifties the rest of the year, right? Like you right. want to peak at the right times hundred well, percent. Look at last year, Ryan. He set his personal record in the 100, 200, triple jump, and long jump at the same event, and it was the state final championship match, right? Because yeah. that's what you're building towards. In and you're also competing against the best, the best. So, like, it's like, I'm going to run a little faster today because I have to get out of the gate a little quicker, you know what I mean? Right. Like, that's what always right. happens. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. It's that combination of it, no doubt. 